Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue, and today we're on the Airwaves to talk about an increasingly important skill that applies to everyone in the workplace and, well, in our personal lives, critical thinking. Joining us today to shed light on this interesting and often complex topic is Brian Markowitz, Division Head for the Air Vehicle Test and Evaluation Division. Thank you for joining us, Brian. Thanks for having me. We hear a lot about critical thinking. Our leaders are urging us to apply it. We need more of it. In simple terms, what is critical thinking? Good question. I think how I describe it to our, our folks that are just joining the organization is probably a pretty good definition in that critical thinking is having the courage to, to, to be skeptical of the information that you hear. Don't, don't believe everything that you hear. Ask why is that true or, or why is, why is that applicable to me? And then it's also having the humility to not trust the things that you hold as, as true. Seek alternate opinions of the things that maybe you're completely sold on and get that opposing viewpoint before you go off and you make decisions. So before we delve into how we apply that in our professional lives, Talk to me how it's important to, or why it's important to apply that in your personal life. Maybe you have an example or two you can share. So critical thinking isn't something that you do every minute of every day. As, as an example, if, if you need to figure out where you wanna go for lunch, there aren't any long-term impacts to, to where you're gonna go for lunch, and so critical thinking isn't, isn't all that important. An example for me maybe is when my wife and I decide to buy a car. We plan out our approach very early, and we've decided that when it's time to go buy a car, I am not allowed to talk. And I asked my wife, so why, don't, why aren't I allowed to talk? And she said, well, you're terrible, a terrible negotiator. And I said, well, I, I know exactly why. I want that car. And the, and the salesman knows I want that car. So, I, so Amy is the one that actually negotiates with the salesman. I do all the re heavy research. I look at the specs and all that kind, the R&M data. But Amy's the one that negotiates the price because she, she's objective. She doesn't care if we get that car or not. And so she's the one that can walk out of, of, the, walk out of, walk out of the dealership with, with me bawling in the corner because I didn't get my new truck. But that's how we get the most effective decision of what price that we want to get. So it sounds like critical thinking can be a bit of a, a team effort. Absolutely. So I know you have a, a blog on the topic. I know you've done discussions and roundtables on the topic. Why are you so passionate about critical thinking? When I first became a supervisor, I found myself in a position where I was the one that was always expected to have all of the answers. I was the one that was going to provide all of the direction. Uh, and, and, I, and I did that for a while, but, but over time I was getting questions that were sort of the wrong questions to ask. So a lot so then I started asking, well what why do you ask? What's your what's the thought behind your question? Why why are you asking me this? And then those conversations ended up being much richer. So instead of providing a lot of answers, I started asking a lot better questions. And then over time I took different classes on leadership and supervision. Um, started reading books and listening to podcasts, and the more I learned, the more I said, "Wow, wow this is this is pretty powerful." So then that's it, and it's it's just never stopped. Right. So have you seen how critical thinking has benefited your organization? We're in a division of about three hundred people, and in 
in applying critical thinking, and normally it's, it's not a process that you have to, that you can mandate or legislate. It's really having the ability to collect different opinions, different ideas to solve problems. So with critical thinking, I can bring in ESDPs, journeymen, other supervisors, and we can all challenge each other's points of view, we can all challenge assumptions, and then as a group, we end up, com we end up coming up with answers potentially a lot faster than me coming up with some direction that nobody understands where it came from and then trying to figure that out and then me having to go back and say, well, maybe, maybe that's not quite what I meant and then, we tr then you iterate that. We end up having clearer direction earlier. You mentioned problem solving. How does critical thinking help us solve problems? First step in critical thinking is getting clear on the problem or getting clear on the topic because um, a lot of times, even, even at, in, at NAVAIR senior leadership, we get guidance or direction or policy, but we don't know the intent. And so uh, having, having the workforce or your team understand the intent of the problem, intent of the conversation, then they offer, then they offer ideas. That also creates a sense of ownership of the solution, and then, and then we're, they're off and running. Instead of everybody looking to one person for for the ideas or the guidance direction, it just becomes a lot more, I don't, yeah, you have a lot of people all marching in the same direction a lot faster. Okay, so, so speaking of that guidance, we've all heard it. Leadership has said, think critically, take more risk. So when it comes to critical thinking, how do those initiatives work together to produce the results that we're looking for? So I, I think from a take, a take more risk, think outside the box. At the risk of potentially offending senior leadership, I think what they're I think what they're intending is we need you to think outside of your box. Don't necessarily think outside of my box. I appreciate that because those guys have a much broader perspective. They know they they know so much more about what's going up at the Pentagon, world issues, all those types of things. But I think I think the idea of thinking outside the box really has to do with challenging the assumptions that we have all always made. And so I, I appreciate senior leadership's guidance that whether or not we're talking about airworthiness, whether or not we're talking about capabilities-based T&E, whether or not we're talking about support infrastructure across the base, we operate with a set of assumptions and the, that's the way we've always done it. That's, that's, a, that's an assumption. If we challenge those things and potentially say, okay, so that's the way that we've done it. Let's experiment. Let's try something else just to see what happens, and if we fail miserably, great, we learn something. People, we, we are still in a, in a um, hierarchy-driven organization. People are afraid of making mistakes, and part of critical thinking, I mean, and leadership says, fail faster, but we, but we don't get engineers and engineers and scientists and all of our support professionals, we don't get a lot of credit come performance appraisal time for the great mistakes that we've made, right? So um, the, the, sometimes the two are sort of mutually incompatible. So I'm gonna pick your brain even further, right, on the same direction, but, but if we're, we're applying that thinking critically, we're taking more risk, how is that gonna result in increasing our decision-making effectiveness and the speed at which we deliver our products to the fleet? An example of, of critical thinking is if we're clearing an aircraft for an operational envelope, 
That let's say that takes a test program five years to accomplish that. Then, then what happens is at the end of that five-year period, we give the fleet an incomplete envelope. What would happen, and we normally don't do this, what would happen if we cleared um, a very small piece of that envelope in one year and sent it out to the fleet with a whole bunch of restrictions, but they get something? Um, that's, that's just challenging the assumption that the fleet needs the entire envelope to be effective at their mission. That may or may not be a good assumption. I don't know. That would also take your test program and potentially stretch it out even longer than the original five years because there's a lot of rework in clearing one part. Then you've got to repeat some tests to do another part. So, and and if, we're, if we're being asked to complete programs faster, getting capability to the fleet faster might actually extend the program. Do the program managers like that? I don't, I don't know, right? So that's the, that's, the, that's the hard part of critical thinking is, but the, but the very valuable part of critical thinking is what ifing all of these things with the people that can actually make good decisions. Okay, so we've all been there. Under stress and up against a deadline. Is it helpful to apply critical thinking during these times? When you are under pressure, especially, so this is, now we get into the psychology a little bit of critical thinking, is when, do you, when you are under pressure, when you are under stress, is the exact time when your brain can't perform critical thinking. So, so the idea is you've got to do the critical thinking up front. While everybody is relatively relaxed, comfortable having arguments and all that kind of stuff, because once you get under time pressure, then, we're, then we are programmed, biased, to come to a decision fast and at the expense of getting clear on what the original problem, intent, topic really is. So stepping back a little bit on that thought, what are the steps to critical thinking? So I, I've, talked a, I've talked a lot about getting clear because we, we, we spend a lot of time developing possible solutions. We, we, normally we do that first. We come up with a solution quickly and then we start to, to figure out how do we deploy it, communicate it, and then that's where we spend all of our time. How do we enable the workforce to, to act on this decision that we made? Instead, um, get, clear, get clear on the topic, get clear on the problem, then collect options and potentially opposing arguments. Why, why are we wrong? How, could, how, how are we not clear on this? Bring people in that don't have a stake in the argument, who can just be very objective. Then once you get clear, you develop your, your possible options, solutions, you've collected your facts, you've defined your assumptions, your biases, then normally the decision or the conclusion becomes obvious and then we can just decide to do it. Those are kind of the steps. So that's really interesting. Surround yourself with people who think differently than you. I want to delve into that a little bit more about why that is so important and how do we increase our understanding and acceptance of other people's ideas? It's really difficult to apply critical thinking by yourself because if part of critical thinking is challenging your own assumptions. That's really hard to do by yourself because if, 
If I was arguing with Brian, I would say, hey, Brian, what do you think about this? Uh, Brian, you're absolutely right. Love it. So that conversation is really fast and, and very unproductive. You need to have people that you trust that can say, hey, Brian, I understand what you're thinking, but have you considered A, B, and C, which are completely counter to your argument? How does your argument now hold up against that? The, the, first, the first rule of leadership is to surround yourself with people you trust, great, but not people that agree with everything you say. Um, so having people that you trust that bring alternate viewpoints, that's where I see some of the organizations operate critically, apply critical thinking quickly, because that, that critical thinking network is already built in to your, to your kind of normal conversations. Okay, so I'm gonna put you in the hot seat for the minute. Okay. Junior workforce versus senior leaders. Who are the best critical thinkers and why? They're both terrible. No, I'm, I'm kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding. I think both groups are, are very gifted in how they apply critical thinking, but they also face di very different challenges. The developmental workforce, junior workforce, they come in as a blank slate. They don't have biases built in. They don't have the assumptions of that's the way we've always done it because they've never done it. So they, they're expected to ask questions and they're expected to learn. They're expected to be skeptical. And so that's where they're very powerful. Their challenges are that they don't have a lot of facts and experiences and they don't ask sometimes the best questions. They ask kind of questions at the wave tops. They don't ask those really rich, deep questions that take experience, right? Senior leadership, they're in positions where people are expecting them to have all of the answers, um, provide good guidance, and to tell the workforce essentially what to do. Some of the best leaders are the ones that don't give direction or guidance or orders, they give intent, and then they ask really good questions. For leadership, it's also really easy to find yourself in a bubble where you're surrounded by people that, that think like you, that wanna support you in your direction, but not necessarily argue and challenge you, especially in public, right? So the, people are really careful about challenging senior leadership um, and sometimes they like, and sometimes it might be easier to just not. Right. So, how do we improve our critical thinking skills? I guess the first step in in be becoming proficient in anything is to get educated. So I would I would say, um, I would say take some classes. NavRU offers some good classes on critical thinking. There are a couple of great, um, easy to read books out there, um, like like the tipping point and blank and those things, which kind of focus a little bit on some of the biases that are kind of built into how we think. There are great podcasts out there. Skeptic's Guide to the Universe is a great one because it's all about current topics and which ones are accurate in the media, which ones are less accurate. And then um, there's another one called You Are Not So Smart, which basically challenges the way that we process information and the way we sometimes are most effective in critical thinking and when we are the least effective. And then more closer to home, we do offer uh, round table discussions. The Society of Flight Test Engineers does a quarterly brown bag lunch. I've just finished a set of round table discussions with 1.0. If anyone out there is interested in starting a grassroots critical thinking 
roundtable group in your department or office, let me know and I can help you jumpstart that. All right, so wrapping up today, give us that why one more time. Why do we need to apply critical thinking to get those products to the fleet faster and accelerate innovation? Sure, why? Because I, I think coming up with solutions to the wrong problem or coming up with incomplete solutions to the wrong problem wastes time. Second, critical thinking also provides a sense of ownership to the workforce where if they have ownership into the solutions, they are unstoppable. If it's somebody else's solution and they don't have much ownership in it, we, we become less effective. It becomes their thing and not my thing. So that's, I guess those are the kind of the two bullet points maybe. Good stuff to think about. Thank Great. you for sharing your insight. We appreciate you joining us today. And that's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thank you for listening.